2: I hope you are thirsty for some pro wrestling punditry because it is Thursday and we got it here for you on the Winkly. I am your managing editor of wrestling, Inc., Nick Housman, back in the saddle for one more go around here of the Winkly this week. It is my good friend joining me today, Justin LaBarre. Justin, welcome back to the Winkly.
3: That's a great Aerosmith song, Back in the Saddle.
2: Back in this, It's a great one. You know what? You're absolutely right. That is a very good Aerosmith song. Very good. Wonderful um this is uh this is the last winkly of the week this is the end of my whatever 14 day journey that i've been on here as soon as the show is over justin i'm pretty much turning off my brain and i'm just gonna go sit by the lily pool for like three and a half days and, and let myself dry out from all the pro wrestling you know
3: i hope that all the world wrestling breaking news happens in the next three days so you can't take off
2: <laughs> that's fine i'll come back on monday and i'll be like wow look at all this news we have such a great team here at wrestling inc they they uh, they took it in. They reported it, and here I am back at my job uh, to to help uh, to help push it out into the world. No, we're you know guys. That's the thing. Wrestling Inc. We never stop here. Uh, I really enjoyed the last couple days, especially the time in Toronto and getting to relay everything back to you here this week. And uh, this show today will not disappoint. We got three big interviews for you. Two of them happened when I was in Toronto, and one of them happened yesterday, right after the news block here today with Justin and I. You're gonna first hear from current. WWE superstar, Titus O'Neil. Titus is on the show here today. He's talking All about All right. Him. Yeah, I know, dude. I'm, I'm stoked, man. Titus is here on the show today. He is, he has a new book out called There's No Such Thing as a Bad Kid. Uh, got to talk to him about his book. Uh, got to talk to him about uh, the recent Be a Star Rally he did with Hulk Hogan and uh, his time in NXT. So a lot of very interesting topics in this uh, discussion here today. Can't wait for that to, to get into your ear holes. And after Titus, I got two back-to-back interviews with current Ring of Honor stars Dalton Castle and Silas Young. I did both of these interviews backstage at ROH Summer Supercard in Toronto. Um, but, um, you know, The Silas one, I've known Silas for a long time, very, very good. The Dalton one, also good, but Dalton was trying to screw with me the whole interview. So, uh, you know, it'll be a little different than the other you know, interviews I did. I, I think you guys will dig it, though. So three big interviews you hear today, Titus, Dalton, Silas. Cannot wait to, to end the week with those here. Uh, with you all on the Winkly. But right now, let's get to it here. News you can use, news that will leave a bruise. Uh, Justin, we're going to start off the news block here today talking about Buddy Murphy. The Wrestling Observer reporting that Buddy Murphy's push that he's currently getting in WWE was a complete accident. It wasn't even planned. Apparently, you know, he was backstage uh, in that, he was in the background of that Roman Reigns forklift video that, you know, everybody seemed to love so much. Uh, He was just walking around the background, wasn't supposed to be there. WWE saw the online interest of, of Buddy Murphy beat in the background uh, in this in this shot, and they decided, you know what, let's run with it. Um, I'm kind of surprised by this, Justin, because I would feel like for a video like this, they you know they would have an idea of, of what's going on in their in their in their video line. You know, I, I'm a little surprised to hear that this was an accident. Well,
3: I am too, and that's why I wonder maybe it wasn't an accident to Buddy Murphy. I mean, because yeah, you know, like this you know when wwe does anything backstage whether it's pre-taped and the majority of things are pre-taped but even if it's live you know like it the backstage is i mean like if, if you know backstage at the wwe event is actually like very quiet it's very um at least when the show is going on it's very quiet it's very controlled and if they're filming something obviously people know and they, they try to you know they strategically place extras and people if they want you know to look busy if they want to look you know uh if they want to look um deserted they make it look i mean you know they, they control these things so it is kind of surprising that, a, that they're shooting a big angle of roman reigns uh you know and they have to do it you know they have to, you know they're, they're tipping stuff over you know so they got to do it right make sure it looks good make sure everybody's safe it is a little surprising that, that buddy murphy would just randomly be able to be in the background even if in a distance um uh, moving through again they just usually have these kind of things kind of controlled so I don't know. It maybe it is a complete accident and that's fun and that's it's been a happy accident, but man, <laughs> maybe Buddy Murphy he's just he's taking matters in his own hand. He's grabbing his own brass ring, but I'm gonna get myself in the background. Uh but no, I mean it's it's cool. And, and but was was Buddy Murphy one of the was he one of the guy was he one of the people that uh Kevin Owens named when Kevin Owens went when Kevin Owens did the big promo weeks ago in he the was. feud with Shane where he where he talked about all the people that, that deserve TV time that aren't getting it because Shane's on TV. Was Buddy
2: Murphy one of them? I believe he was, yes. I think you're right in that.
3: Which makes the accident that much more, you know, coincidental. That like he was one of these guys that you know Kevin Owens is saying he deserves a better chance. But Shane McMahon's hogging TV time, and then all of a sudden here we go. So
2: yeah, <laughs> I'd, I'd love to hear the story behind it because you're right. I, I kind of thought to myself maybe Buddy had planned, but that's a gamble, man. You know, this is a big main storyline they're doing here. To place yourself in the background there, you know, it did obviously swing his way here where he's got, you know, all these nice messages from Roman Reigns, putting him over. Got to have that great match on SmackDown Live. Certainly the highest profile program he's been in. But the other, you know, that pendulum can swing the other way. You know, if you get spotted in the background, you ain't supposed to be there. You know, I feel like that's that's grounds for somebody to be given less of a push, too. So, you know, paid off here, I guess. Better to ask for forgiveness than permission, as they say in pro wrestling.
3: Sure, and I mean, and who knows? We only, only he himself knows for sure if he knew where he was when he was. If it was orchestrated again, it could truly have been a happy accident. But that's uh, that's. I mean, but it is a little surprising for all the reasons I said. You know, WWE usually has pretty good control over where they're at and what they're shooting. So
2: yeah, uh, so there you go. A happy accident here for Buddy Murphy getting this big push that he's getting right now. Uh, somebody else we may be seeing here pretty soon. Apparently, the Wrestling Observer reporting the WWE officials want Rey Mysterio's son Dominic to start wrestling now the new race storyline that got set up on monday night this could lead to dominic's in-ring debut here obviously ray was talking about family uh, you know he's, he's thinking about i gotta think about my family right now i can't be losing matches right they're gonna t- i'll lose all my money how am i gonna feed my family i'm ray mysterio a poor luchador um <laughs> <laughs> so, so
3: the, the, the guy who can walk anywhere in mexico and, and is treated like a god and that is not a
2: joke yeah <laughs> He's he, he's on he's on hard times. Papa, Papa, can I have a mask today? No, son, we don't have the money for masks today. There will be no luchadoring. Uh, no. Uh, Ray Mysterio's son Dominic. Uh, he's trained with Lance Storm uh, and, and several others. I think he did some time down at Booker T's uh, reality of wrestling as well. Uh, but the feeling is that right now he's not quite ready. Which is what I've heard from we. You know, we talked to Ray about this. That's the same thing I heard from him. They're hopeful that he's ready by 2020. So to me. You know, if, if that's the case, if he's kind of on the fence here. Maybe, you know, we see Dominic start to second Ray for a little bit. Maybe even see him get tossed into a, a tag match where you can hide him a little bit here. Uh, I'd hate to see this kid get thrown out. You know, he's only 21 years old and not have a good first bout, especially, you know, with the pressure that comes along with, you know, carrying the Mysterio name.
3: Yeah, I mean, look, you know, Ray doesn't need the money. I think I think I think I think getting Dominic in was or is the a large a large reason why Ray is back for this WWE run now. I think, I think, you know, this, I think that's, that's a big part of it here. Uh, I, I, you know, I I don't envy Dominic's situation. I mean, obviously yes. On the one hand, especially if there's, especially if there's any aspiring or current, you know, wrestlers listening to this. I mean, obviously he, Dominic has the advantage of who his dad is and being able to have uh, a major door like WWE be open for you. But when you really sit back and think about, it, I mean, look at, you know, even, Even, you know, Charlotte, the daughter of one of the greatest in Ric Flair, you know, even, you know, even she went through the system, went up through NXT and kind of, you know, came up more organically. And then, you know, look at the amount of other guys who they try to strap the the family name, you know, Ted DiBiase Jr., um, you know, know, uh, Curtis Axel or, you know, like there's such pressure because everybody then expects you to be as good, if not better of a character and performer as, 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 as the family member that you're following in the footsteps of, and more often than not, it doesn't work that way. You know, Br- Bray Wyatt works. Um, and, you know, we don't sit around and talk about him being, you know, we're focused on the rotunda name day in, day out. Um, you know, Cody Rhodes has been, you know, our gold dust, you know, another, I mean, there's so many examples and go into as, as, as wrestling has second, third generation guys, you know, I mean, Randy Orton's one who has exceeded his father. Um, is a rarity so i don't envy dominic's situation because if they're going to try to just fast pass and throw him in to the deep end of the pool even if they try to do things like you suggested nick you know try to hide him a little bit you know tag matches do things to kind of protect him still that's just uh you know i I don't know that's a tough situation
2: i was really surprised to hear that you know the way that this this reads is like wwe officials are like we want to get dominic out there and raise like kind of you know trying to pump the brakes here a little bit, that surprises me a little bit, especially as young as Dominic is here at 21. And also, you know, we talk about, you know, Dominic having to, you know, fill the shoes here a bit of the the Mysterio name. I don't think Dominic's going to work anywhere near the same style as Ray Mysterio. You know, we've heard that from several people that have worked with Dominic. He's a bigger kid Um, even from Ray himself. You know, he's like, you know, look, he's, he's, he's bigger than me. You know, he's not gonna be able to do a lot of the same things that I do and that's okay. He's just gonna have a very different style. So, Whenever they do bring out Dominic, whenever he does make that transition, it's going to have to be with the right opponent, and it's got to be when he's ready here. Because I think that the fans, if you're looking for a Rey Mysterio styled wrestler, I don't think you're going to get with Dominic. You know what I mean?
3: Well, well, what will also be interesting, obviously, is like you know, you know, the name Rey Mysterio is in the family, uh, as, as the character, as the, as the legacy, but obviously that's not, you know, Dominic's last real name, real name, last name is not Mysterio. So I'd be curious, like, does, does he try to take, does he take on a half? Does he, is, does he go, is, does he do Dominic Mysterio or does he, do they completely just, uh, leave the Rey Mysterio mask entire, you know, gimmick and legacy alone and let him just be something new. So that way his name is not, you know, constantly a reminder of who he, of who, whose son he is. I don't know. That'd be, you know, something to watch for.
2: Uh, we got an update here on Bray Wyatt. We were talking a little bit yesterday about, you know, the future of Bray Wyatt's head uh, lantern that he's been carrying around. It got edited out of his SummerSlam opening when they put it on YouTube. Well, WWE WWE, uh, tweeted out a photo of Bray with the head lantern, so it does look like the the head lantern is here to stay. Also, WWE currently has Bray Wyatt advertised for next week's Raw from XL Energy Center in St. Paul, Minnesota. Uh, WWE also has Wyatt advertised for the Raw after that week. In New Orleans, Louisiana. Now, uh, surprising here because, the best of my knowledge, Bray Wyatt is a he's uh, a SmackDown superstar, isn't
3: he? Well, well, I don't know about that. I mean, look, the Fiend every every in, every in ring appearance the Fiend has made in, by attack has been, I think, on Raw, and then the, the then the you know we'd see Funhouse stuff on SmackDown. So I don't know what he is technically, <laughs> I, but I, 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 I've deemed him more as Raw.
2: Okay, so wait is is the Fiend on Raw and Bray Wyatt's on SmackDown? Because that's kind of that's different.
3: Well, that's how, that's, how, that's how it's been appearing.
2: Well, I, I think it was Satin yesterday who tweeted something out where he said that he was asking around about why Bray wasn't on the follow-up uh, shows after SummerSlam. And uh, from what he said he heard, it's because they don't want Bray Wyatt to be just like everybody else. They want him to be special. They want you to be wondering, when is this guy going to pop up next? So even though he is advertised here for these Raws, um, I don't know that it's a given that we see him next week or the week after. And I, and I totally dig the fact that... That they are intentionally trying to go off the beaten path with the way that they book this guy with this with the surprise factor, you know.
4: Well,
3: and I guess they could also. There's nothing saying that if they want to keep him off TV for those reasons, there's nothing that says that I guess he couldn't appear uh, just to a live crowd as a dark match. Sure. You know, if if you know if you know, if if they do want him as an attraction, that they think that okay, this guy's got a lot of buzz. He'll help move tickets because, by the way, I mean, one of my big sponsors is a Ticket King, and Ticket King is based actually in Minnesota, so this is their home shopping ground. So I okay. know for a fact from them, Raw is not sold out. It's nowhere near sold out. So if they want it, if they feel it's going to help move tickets by advertising the theme but don't want him on TV, they could always just have him show up for live, uh, for live purposes. Um, but to the lantern thing, yeah, I mean, I hope the lantern sticks around. I mean, they, you know, they, they put out a publicity photo that shows – the fiend with the lantern. Uh, we've heard that, you know, supposedly the lantern's gonna be included in some in some of the action figure stuff. I mean, you know, we've you know, WB themselves have, a, have, have acknowledged, have acknowledgements themselves, I think a lot of shareholders meaning that you know they are gonna pick their spots to be a little edgier to, you know, make sure that their stories are also appealing to an older demographic too. And that would just be a that would that would turn the lights off in that campaign if if they if they do away with a, a lantern that just happens to be a little you know have have a little bit of a horror edge to it if that if they deem that's too offensive or or, or too whatever uh, yeah. that that would, that would uh, quickly quickly lose any faith in oh they're actually going to try to pick their spots to be a little you know a little more adult oriented at times.
2: That's you know go back to what you said there about in Minnesota the St. Paul show the raw show not being sold out yet with a lot of tickets available. You know, I do wonder, you know, as I, as we sit here, we talked about, you know, which brand is Bray Wyatt on, you know, I I, I don't know, like, I'm, I'm struggling to figure out exactly why ticket sales have been so hard for WWE recently, but I think it is just kind of this general confusion where people don't really know what they expect to, to expect when they buy a ticket, if, if that makes sense.
3: Yeah, I mean, I think, and, and, and in general, I mean, uh, you know, look, it, it's, it, it's been shown, unless you have, I mean, Brock Lesnar, is per, it's it is proven, this is on paper, you can find this, if Brock Lesnar is advertised sales do better, um, you know, If The Undertaker or any, of, or any of those kind of novelty acts or ad- advertised, sales do better, but yeah, just in general, there's, there's not um, there's not like a, yeah, there's just not that must-see, and, and the other thing, too, is WWE is touring, I mean, they continue just when you think they can't tour enough, and granted, I know they're canceled on a few live events now, which is a whole other situation, um, but, you know, they tour so much, I mean, they hit every major city, you know, two to three times when you factor in NXT now, they hit every major I mean, they, you know, here in Pittsburgh they, uh, you know, we get Every year, for the last couple of years, for the last more than a couple of years, we get uh, a Raw always on the Road to Mania in March, and we're getting it again next March. Uh, there's a little little spoiler for uh, you Pittsburgh fans. Um, you know, like we get we get Raw or SmackDown, you know, usually two times a year. We get an NXT at least once, sometimes two. We get a house show as well in there, and then a pay per view every couple of years. And that's just Pittsburgh, and that's and so every other major city. I mean, you're in Chicago, God, they got it all the time. So it's like, <laughs> yes. there's, there's not a, there's not a, there's not a, you have to go to this one because you don't know what, I mean, there's, it's, it's just oversaturation quite frankly. I, um, so I
2: think you know. Chicago will do, do well by WWE. You know, obviously we're, we're a hot market anyway, but I think all four shows, I think that they'll sell out at the all state arena. I think that the, I think they'll do fine here, uh, especially survivor series weekend. It's been forever in Chicago since we had a big four pay-per-view They usually give us like backlash or something like that, yeah. you know? Um, and I
3: also think I also think Bray Wyatt would be Bray Wyatt and The Fiend make more sense for Raw because you know if you're going to Fox and you're trying to sell if Fox is trying to sell would be a little bit more sports oriented, The Fiend is very much not sports oriented. It's very much on the entertainment side. I think. So.
2: Very good point. Um, well, speaking of sports oriented here, uh, Sports Illustrated uh, got uh, has an update here about John Moxley and his New Japan contract. Uh, John Moxley's New Japan contract runs up uh, January fourth. Uh, which is the day of Wrestle Kingdom? Actually, Wrestle Kingdom this year will be two days, January fourth and fifth. Uh, WWE maybe watching that one to see how it goes, uh, as a lot of people have talked about how Mania should maybe adapt this route here. But John Moxley is going to be running just over the first of the year with New Japan Pro Wrestling. So we just wrapped up the G1. Obviously, he's going to be uh, going over to AEW and, and doing the weekly shows with them as well. But very interesting here for me. You know, again, it's like I don't want to be doom and gloom here. Ring of Honor. Uh, you know, is whatever doing their their transition phase, their rebuilding phase here, but they've backed off a lot from New Japan, right? There seems to be more of a focus on CMLL right now and establishing that international relationship. I do wonder at the end of the year when I'm told the ROH New Japan uh, deal runs up, if this is not a chance for for New Japan to find a new American partner in AEW and obviously – you know you can make that announcement you know a couple of days before Moxley's appearance here at Wrestle Kingdom doing whatever he's doing here and uh you know again it's like Abushi just won the G1 Abushi and Kenny Omega the golden lovers you know Kenny went to AEW Abushi stayed in New Japan i could see this using it as a chance to to have a big moment for Abushi and, and also you know maybe maybe have that Omega appearance there when he finally wins the big one or something like that
3: you know yeah, I think it's inevitable that New Japan's new official American partner will will be AEW sooner than later. Um, uh, you know, back when back when AEW was first being announced, you know, back when they did the rally and it came became official, and you know, the Bucs, we, we found out everything was go- we found out what was going to go on. Um, I think I said it on this show, like you know, at the end of the day, I think Ring of Honor is going to be the um, is going to be the, the bigger loser because they're going to be the odd man out. You know, um, you know, I, you know they. They, they're losing. Yeah, you know, they lost the they lost the attractions and, and and working relationships with you know with the Bucks and Cody and you know the and, and guys going and deciding to do their own thing and then I you know New Japan I kind of figured would would gravitate to that and for, a lot of other political things going on there so I think yeah I think you're right end of the day it's going to be AEW New Japan and, and Ring of Honor again and in terms of the American market even even with Impact who's had a Impact as their own kind of surge um, I feel like Ring of Honor might be the again the kind of the odd guys out.
2: Yeah, no, and and Impact here, they're coming to Chicago A couple months for Bound for Glory I've already been hit up about that And, you know, I know we'll be on site and and covering that So, yeah, Impact, Impact, MLW, both taking off right now I feel like, you know, AEW and WWE are like Tier 1 And Tier 2, there's like ROH, Impact, and MLW right now And I feel like there's like a constant trading of places right now Between those three companies as to to who is is maybe just a little bit ahead business-wise Because MLW, man you know, don't, don't don't underestimate them. You know, I they draw 2,000-plus here regularly in Chicago. I know they've done very well in other markets. Their, their product is good right now. A lot of great talent there. Hell, even GCW, uh, Game Changer Wrestling, uh, I think that they're underrated right now. GCW is running uh, – they, they run more shows, I think, than, than MLW does right now. They were doing like they, – they had like three shows some weekends here in the past couple months. And, uh, you know, they're, they're creating the Joey Janellas, right? They're creating the Jungle Boy's. Um, they they're
3: creating well, and, and and we haven't even we haven't even mentioned NWA's returning to TV.
2: I don't know about how NWA will do. What are you? What are your predictions for NWA?
3: I mean, I'll be honest. It, it- I mean, I, I obviously like 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 any of us should say obviously the more wrestling is the better for the business and the, and the health of it. But uh, yeah, I mean, NWA is not my pace. It never had. I mean, I, I've always been more of a I've always been more of a New York guy. You know, I end up I've never that that's just never been my I mean, I appreciate like some older clips and I appreciate especially what's old and new again. So if you're a wrestler or a manager uh, rising in the business, you know, watching old older stuff from that era because Again, what's always new again, you can find tricks. But, yeah, it, it, that's it, it, what I've seen th- thus far that they've done. It's just not my cup of tea.
2: So, Justin, I'll ask you to go back to Ring of Honor here real fast. You know, you, you're a promoter, right? Or you promoted. You, what, what would you do if you're ROH right now to get some buzz and get things back on tracks? What do you think? They, what do you what would be your first move here?
3: Oh, geez, on the spot, that's a good, I don't, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know what the, what that answer is, I honestly don't, know. that's a terrible response, I don't know, because they, I mean, they, because out of the, you know, as you listed them in tiers, yeah, you know, out of the tier two of them, Impact, and, and, and MLW, um, at least from my perspective, Ring of Honor has the best TV situation, right, in terms of like, in terms of the syndication, and, and how many, how, how visible they are, you know, Impact, I have, a, I have a hard time finding Impact on the channel guide, and what have you, and then uh, MLW, you know, you know, online and stuff like that. You know, so from a TV standpoint, I mean, ROH is in the best situation, but uh, I just feel like, I just feel like they've lost, they've lost the, they, they had that, they had, they had a minor, they had, they were like AEW minor in the sense of they had a, they had a feeling of like, okay, this is the place where, th- this is the place where the true alternative WWE is. This is the place where, I don't know. They had that, they had that kind of momentum feel to. It. They kind of the renegade underground feel to them, um, and they've lost that in my mind. So I, I don't know what the right answer is. I mean, you know, it's not like they don't have talent. They have talent, you know. But I, I don't know what it is that they need to do to, um, you know. I thought for sure them running, you know, them running the garden—that's a big deal. But it's just—I don't know. DJ, I don't know what they do. And I like know, again, it,
2: I, I like Matt Taven a lot. You know, Taven's a great guy. No fault on his. But in retrospect, do you think historically it'll be looked back and say, and people will say? They should have put that title on Marty. It made so much sense on paper and in, and in practice. I, I think that people would have rallied behind a Marty Skrull ROH on top championship run right now, especially flanked by uh, PCO and Brody. Yeah, King.
3: yeah, yeah. No, I could. I, I think that's. I think that's a very valid argument to make. Sure. Yes.
2: Okay. All right. Just just food for the interesting. You know, I saw a Marty up in in Canada. He got the biggest pop of the night uh, in Toronto. So you know. It keeps making me think, even with PCO, right? Guys, white hot right now. So anyway, uh, AEW uh, has also announced their first ever world title defense is going to happen on their October 2nd debut episode on TNT. So you are going to see the AEW World Championship defended. We don't know if it's going to be Jericho or Adam Page yet. Uh, who, who of the two, who do you think would be the better first champion for the company?
3: Um, Who do I think would be better? Who do I think is going to be?
2: Um, who do you think it'll be? That's I'll change it. Yeah, who do you think it'll be? I'm
3: gonna say I'm gonna say it's gonna be Adam Page. I'm gonna say that even if, I'm gonna say that ultimately Jericho will say this, and then they'll decide. Okay, like let's let our first champion. I mean, yeah. Look, for history, it looks great. This Jericho. Jericho's a Hall of Famer, and he's you know one of the best in the world and a veteran. But I, I could, I think it's gonna be. I I don't. I, I think even Jericho say, no, I don't want to be the first champion.
2: I don't know, man. Like Jericho on TNT World Champion. That's that's got a lot of buzz to me. And you know, the money's in the chase here. I don't think that I think Page could chase Jericho here even a little bit. Maybe even win the title on the debut episode here. Uh, I know they're all about wins and losses and no shenanigans and stuff, but. Uh, but a cheap victory there from Jericho to be the first champion and lose the title on the debut episode to the hot up and coming star here, in Adam Page. I see the logic in that booking as well. You know,
3: well, I mean, you are right. Yeah, I mean, the the, the image and and, and, the, and the verbiage of Chris Jericho is AEW World Champion. You know, on on TNT and on Leager Portal across there. Yeah, I mean, that you're you're all right. from that standpoint. Yes, that is uh, that is that is the better situation. So I guess. So I guess. I guess. I guess. At the end of the day, it kind of uh, comes down to who gets to make the final call? Cause again, I could see, I could see the, 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 VPs, the wrestlers, um, the, the Cody Rhodes and such of them. I could see them on the argument of let's, 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 let's make somebody new. Jericho's already a made man. And I could see Jericho thinking that, yeah, uh, let, let, let's elevate somebody, somebody, you know, even more, but you're right. If, um, you know, if 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 Tien, if Turner and if if, if 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 the distribution has any say and they go to Tony Khan and say, well, you know, it'd really be kind of cool if we can have this Chris Jericho guy who's, you know, worldwide known or whatever. So I, I guess I guess, you know, I guess there's arguments on both ends. Uh, there's, there's validity on, on both decisions.
2: Uh, well, lastly, here uh, in the world of Ring of Honor, Ring of Honor has announced that the Rock and Roll Express will battle the Briscoes for the ROH tag team titles at Honor for All here. in just about in 10 days. August twenty fifth in Nashville. I mean, this is super cool uh, for sure. Um, I I think they need to do more stuff like this. People, you know, that's, they're trying to win back the diehards here. The Rock and Roll Express. They keep having these big fun matches on the Indies right now, especially again like places like GCW. Um, I, I I'm a big fan of this one. I think this will be a, I think this will be great. I think it'll be a lot of fun. Good call.
3: Yeah, I mean, I guess it's like going back to it, you know, they've, they've lost something. They need to do RH needs to do something. Maybe this is one, one element of what they can do is kind of just giving you, giving you those, uh, the wrestler movie type situations
2: here. Come on. This isn't the wrestler here. <laughs> Ricky Morton and Bobby Gibson, Robert Gibson. These guys can still go. Ricky Morton has the most beautiful Canadian destroyer destroyer on the Indies right now.
3: Randy, the Ram could still go.
2: Randy the Ram is a fictional character though. Ram, Ricky Moore is a real person. Randy the,
3: Randy the, Randy the Ram could still go and he wasn't distracted by the stripper.
2: That's what Ring of Honor needs to do is they need to get Mickey work as, you know, a one-off appearance. Randy the Ram. There, That, that <laughs> kid is on the tracks.
3: Randy the Ram versus uh, the Ayatollah.
2: Oh, man. Yeah. Or, yeah. Sure. Book it. If they,
3: they filmed it at Ring of Honor. That's where they filmed it for the movie. Oh,
2: that's Right. See, you know what? It's time to call in some favors here and, and recreate yep. that magic. I get it. Hey, it was it was
3: a best picture nominee. <laughs> it
2: was. Ricky, Mickey Rourke, he got nominated too for an acting award. I think he got best actor nomination that year. So I'll
3: yeah. tell you what, and the original choice was Nicolas Cage to be the character of Randy the Ram. and I just I Mickey Rourke just handled it so much better than I think what Nicolas Cage would have done. Oh,
2: hundred percent. Nicolas Cage would have been a bad Randy the Ram. I don't think he'd have been able to, to do what, what Mickey Rourke did, so my guest at this time is a WWE superstar Former WWE tag team champion Inaugural WWE 24-7 champion And the author of the new book There's No Such Thing as a Bad Kid How I Went from Stereotype to Prototype It's Titus O'Neil Titus, thank you so much for taking the time
5: today Thank you for having
2: me yeah, My pleasure, man Well, this is quite a book here You really laid it out all onto the page, my friend What, does, what made you decide that now Was the right time for you to pin this story?
5: Well, just because I have, have so many people say, you know, you should write a book, you should write a book and now with today's climate and how, you know, um, people are consistently putting our kids in the box and saying what they can't do and things like that, I just wanted to, and then dealing with education myself for years, um, I just wanted to be able to uh, put out a message of my story and then why, and kind of my motivation as to why I do what I do, on a consistent basis for people, not just young people, but all people.
2: That's a, that's awesome, Titus. You know, and you uh, you do you get into some very personal details about your life in this book. I mean, what were the parts of this that were mo- most difficult for you to open up and write about?
5: Uh, well, I've, I've shared my story about my, my conception of my mom being uh, sexually assaulted at eleven and having me at twelve. Um, obviously with the wwe network we did uh on youtube we did a uh my son's the wwe superstar now and uh you know it was a eye-open experience for me because that was my first time ever seeing my mom actually sit down and be interviewed about what happened to her Man. and so to try to keep away from because i my my next book i actually want to write in conjunction with my mother wow. and um so talking about my my childhood and some of the things like uh, seeing my best friend's dad be murdered and things like that. Um, it was it was difficult to bring that stuff, not only just come back up with that stuff and relive that stuff, but also too to try to frame it in a in a way in which, you know, I was would, I wouldn't I would never say that I'm condoning someone selling drugs or or, or, or or living that type of lifestyle. But I understood essentially because that was the environment that I grew up in. I, I, but um, being able to tell the story of how he felt about his dad, even though his dad was who he was, uh, as far as the drug dealer was concerned, and I didn't want I didn't want his dad to be placed in a negative light. Um,
2: yeah.
5: With uh, with just, just and, and stereotype stereotypes for one thing, and like I said in the book, you know, he fed people. He paid, you know, he paid uh, for kids to play sports that couldn't afford to play sports. Uh, he always made sure most of the kids in the neighborhood had something for Christmas. He just had chose the wrong line of work. And, uh, you know, I just, I didn't want to damper his, his dad's, you know, uh, legacy as, as far as being a, a, a dad. I just wouldn't have chose his profession.
2: Understand, understandable, you know. And, and how does your mom? How does your mom uh, react to you with your your message now and, and being so open about your history? What's her take on what you're doing um, right now?
5: She, He's been around. I mean, she's been around for several different speaking engagements. I did a TED talk, and uh, you know, she was there for she was there for that. And so, uh, it, it it wasn't the first time that she had heard me talk about it. So it wasn't. Sure. It wasn't like, wow, I didn't know this type sure. of stuff. It was just a matter of I had talked to her before I even wrote the book sure. uh, or started the process to write the book because I want her to know, you know what I want to do starting and, and what I want to do after the book. So, uh, done.
2: Yeah. Um, I wanted to, to bring up, you know, you've done so much community outreach and, you know, you've, you've been such a positive influence. You know, I know you do a lot of charity work and you did a really unique uh, Be a Star rally, I believe, with Hulk Hogan in your backyard of Tampa a couple months ago. How, how was that experience for you?
5: Uh, It was fine. I finally had a chance to have a, have a separate conversation with Hulk. Obviously, I had put out a statement about the, the you know the apology and things like that with Hulk, you know, and how I received it and how other people might have received it too, but I, I ended up having a private conversation with him uh, long before we had that Be a Star rally, and and uh, heard from his perspective and I saw, you know, at that moment, I, I just realized that, you know, the situation he was in, like, I, I think he just clammed up and he just started rambling and he, he could have been a lot more concise with his message and, and concrete and contrite. But at the end of the day, you know, I'm not one to put anybody, you know, in a, a, a doghouse forever. Yeah, I'm not to say he was in a doghouse with me, but um, I just I, I like men to be men and women to be women and and, 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 and both be very transparent and truthful and honest with me. And whatever that honesty and truth is, just I I can live with it. But you know, at the end of the day, we both have you know we're part of this family in the WWE, and our job is to put smiles on people's faces. And arguably, he's put more smiles on anybody's face. Um, and kids and young and old uh, than any other WWE superstar in the history of the company. And so, uh, you know, to be able to sit down and have a separate conversation with him, yeah, and you know, air what what my feelings were and hear what his thinking and feelings are and where he is today, uh, and then to be able to go and talk to kids and and uh, and uh, and actually see him apply what he has been trying to, you know, overcome these last few years uh, with something, uh, a mistake that he made years ago uh, as with some some horrible choice of words. Um, but he's used it as a, t- a teaching tool. And uh, at the end of the day, that's what we all need to do from any mistake that we make, use it as a teaching tool.
2: Absolutely. And, you know, you being so open with your story, you know, do you feel like you've, you've had an effect on WWE as a whole in, in regards to how... They, uh, they embrace certain issues and topics uh, like race.
5: Uh, I'd like to think that I have uh, shared some um, some of the company's growth in what we do. Um, and I think, they, I think they value my opinion uh, in a high regard because I'm actually out doing the work. You know, I'm not saying we should do this, do this, do that, or do that. I'm, I'm doing the work and I'm doing it at a very high level and uh with in the walls of WWE and outside the walls of WWE and I've been doing the work for years prior to being in WWE. So uh the the company I feel like has made dramatic changes um with our approach. Uh we've been much more aggressive. I think in the la- in the last 10 years I feel like we've been very aggressive and like really getting ingrained in the communities that we go into and it's not just at wrestlemania and SummerSlam. it's at live events it's at non-televised events it's at pay-per-views um and our partnerships have grown because of that because people see uh the power not only in bringing awareness uh to uh their causes but also to how we genuinely use our platform to, to make this world a better place yeah
2: uh well uh lastly here titus i wanted to ask you about you know in your book you do write a little bit about your time at nxt you were uh you were part of a very unique period in nxt where it was more like a game show what is your take on the growth of nxt and you know what it's become
5: um well i mean obviously where it was when i was coming up and where it is now is quite years different um and it's more of its own brand now uh a traveling brand that you know it's a very serious brand where some of our most decorated superstars at this moment have come out of that developmental system of NXT. Yeah. And so I'm very proud of all the guys that, you know, have and and, and young ladies that have come out um, of that system. Uh, but obviously I'll always be biased to, to my NXT because I always feel like we, uh, we uh we we just had it a lot different and a lot rougher. Yes, you um, did. Yes, you and, did. Yeah, very unexpected. We didn't know what to deal with, what we were going to be dealing with when we came to school, and and uh, um, I think that made us all, you know, look back now. That made us all realize, like, we, we're really working a wacky business, <laughs> you know. Yes. And, uh, yes. Uh, we appreciate it more. And we appreciate the superstars that are coming up in this NXT the way that it is now. Um, we want them to appreciate it because what Triple H and and, and Matt Bloom and Sarah and, and Norma Smiley and all those guys have done down at the Performance Center is, I mean, it's first class, second to none. And, them, and everybody has zero excuse as to why you're not coming on the road prepared because they prepare people yeah. in every way
2: absolutely uh well titus i want to thank you so much uh, for taking the time to chat with me here again your book there's no such thing as a bad kid how i went from stereotype to prototype it's available now anything else you want to plug promote put over here before we wrap it up titus
5: no i'm good i I appreciate you guys giving me the opportunity they can go and get the book from amazon and uh and and uh, some places their local bookstores but amazon's the easiest and quickest way to get it and i appreciate the support
2: my guess at this time, we'll take on Roosh tonight at Summer Supercard, Ring of Honor here in Toronto. It is Dalton Castle. Dalton. It's this guy. That's, yeah. yeah, I'm, I'm going to beat this guy up. Oh, yeah. Oh, wow. Dude, that's some mind games there. You're wearing his gear. Yeah, but I don't know if
6: you noticed, but the the hair is pulled back, so I'm, uh, I'm ready for for business. And uh, I got the shirt on just to kind of keep my focus in, in one direction. Uh And that is to, you know, party, go crazy, 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 you know, until I see the sun.
2: Yeah, well, you know, your history with Rouge, very
6: interesting as of late. Now, I was at Madison Square Garden. I saw what happened. You lost in like... Mm, mm, I mean, did I lose or did somebody cheat and kind of skate by and cheat the system altogether.
2: Well, I i mean, you can call it whatever you like, but I think from bell to bell it was, what, seven, 17 seconds, something like that? Yeah, I mean,
6: you're kind of – I think you're being liberal with the, uh, the amount of time. That was on the clock. It was probably more around 16. But I'm not ashamed of that. I'm not ashamed of that at all, because Roosh is a dirty, rotten cheater. And, uh, you know, I make one mistake by trusting that somebody who I thought was a respectable wrestler to follow the rules, and then they do not do that. So that's my bad. My bad. I took my eye off the cheater.
2: Okay. Uh, well, take me through, uh, you know, back to that Master's Garden experience. You had a little bit of a, 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 I don't want to say breakdown. Maybe I want to say breakdown after that bout really went off on, on everybody. Like, you know, what what was going through your mind after those 16 seconds were up there? Are you some sort of professional? Are you like a psychologist of any sort? Do you have any profession, like any formal training? I'm just trying to get a little insight here for the fans, you know, as to what was going through your mind there. Because we're so used to seeing you as this flamboyant, fun guy and and still fun i'm still a loads of fun look at (laughs) look at this
6: hair this hair can go straight to business to party in all right okay watch i'll go i'm gonna do uh i'm gonna do the old she's all that to you sexy
2: i mean should i say that that's a sexy look right no i mean when when you see the truth speak the truth okay how uh how, how are the how are the boys uh taking all of the 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 currentness with what's going on with you who cares no. no comment whatsoever? Just don't care at all? I don't know. I don't talk to those guys. Okay, I don't even think they're around
6: anymore. I, 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 didn't I don't know if you've heard. I mean, rumor has it, they are no more. They're completely gone. They're not a part of Ring of Honor anymore? They went back to Boy Island oh, wow. to go cry into their their shells that they used to live in. That kind
2: of sounds like Wo- Willy Wonka-ish. Did you get, find them like Oompa Loompa style? There's no chocolate
6: involved, and I think what you just said is a um, an offensive slur, so... Huh. Maybe relax.
2: Okay, all right. I, I'll chill out a little bit here on this. You know, it's a it's a big night, of course. You have been so honest with the Ring of Honor main event title picture here tonight. How do you feel about the match between Matt Taven and Alex Shelley? Is there somebody that you would prefer to see? What
6: see? We're going to we're we're film Planet Peacock at <laughs> the same time we're doing this interview.
2: Okay. Uh, okay, this is this – is Whoa. <laughs> that's, that's very bizarre. Whoa. Uh, I was uh, going to try to ask you if you had a, a, pre- a preference a, – I'm very distracted right now – As I'm I'm attempting to, uh, I don't know, are we, uh, I don't know. All right, here's. here's Okay,
6: okay, what's happening right now? There's a camera here, and you're talking fine in front of it. Uh I pull out the exact same thing. It's just another iPhone. Sure with a camera mode on yeah. and you
2: lose your cool altogether. What is this? Why, I, w- I was why so is this distracted. You for a loop? I was I didn't know what was going on. I didn't know I didn't know what was happening. That's fine. I can keep the interview I'll going turn, here. I'll turn it off. No 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 no, no that's fine. Let it roll. Let no, it roll. We I don't, don't want to wanna...
6: talk to a bumbling mumbling idiot we're all day. Making, I want to talk to somebody who can talk to me.
2: We're making art right now. It's fine. So like oh. okay, fine. Whatever. Keep it on. I don't care. Look, I was just trying to ask you if you had a preference of who walks out of here tonight. With the Ring of Honor World Championship between Alex Shelley and Matt Taven, because I have to think beyond Roosh, you're looking to get back into that main event title picture. Yeah,
6: I mean, eventually,
2: but yeah, Taven, I I,
6: I put a lot of faith in him to uh, to bring to bring some prestige to that title. Uh, he's the I, I'd like to see him win it. I think. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, That's a I, personal thing, and okay. I feel like you didn't have, that was a rhetorical question. Did you not know I'm rooting for Taven tonight? I was
2: just wondering, you know, I was just letting everybody know out there, of course they're trying yeah. to pin your, You're your really brain. your
6: brain. Crack cracking the case here.
2: Yeah. Alright, fine, look, hey. do, uh, let's talk about what I want to talk about, right? You're bringing, I see you've got another uh, Dalton Castle and the Boys Night Out coming up here, is that the case or did that just happen?
6: That had already happened. Jim, when did that happen? It was a
2: huge success. It was yeah. two weeks ago.
6: Okay, great. The show was in, in Rochester, New York. Uh, I came out here to Toronto just yesterday, got invited to do some improv for Two Strikes. Really? And uh, that was another gigantic success. Uh, I think you're seeing the common theme here. If you see success, normally Dalton Castle is right there with it. Hair up or down, it's still going to be fun.
2: Now, I've seen you do stand-up. How different is it for you to do improv as opposed to stand-up comedy?
6: Okay, so uh, it's, it's very different in that in stand-up, I go out stage, and I have nothing prepared. <laughs> in improv, I go on stage, and I have nothing prepared. Okay. You want to see some improv right now? Sure,
2: I'd love to. Do you want to do some improv together right oh, now? Oh, yeah, yeah, start. Yeah. Okay, should uh
6: Whoa, this room's collapsing. I'm leaving.
2: <sighs> Whoa, okay. Uh, well, that's it. Dalton Castle, ladies and gentlemen, backstage here at Ring of Honor's Summer Supercard. My guess at this time is the last real man left of professional wrestling. It is Silas Young. Silas, thank you so much for taking the time today.
4: No problem. I know it's your pleasure. (laughs) It is.
2: Uh, Silas, now you are taking on PJ Black here tonight, summer supercard in Toronto. Uh, This is a rematch for you. You guys have had a little bit of a a feud going on as of late. How do you like working with PJ?
4: Well, you know, I mean, there's no doubt that PJ's, uh, you know, he's a good talent. He's excellent at what he does, but... I mean, i got to be quite honest with you. I don't even really know why this match needs to happen. I wrestled him once. I beat him. I don't really see the point, sure. to be quite honest with you. So, I mean, I guess I'm looking forward to beating him again. That's as simple as that.
2: All right. Well, you know, it's really cool, Silas. I love your story, man. I knew you for years before you made it here to Ring of Honor. You worked so hard. I mean, how does it just feel for you to reflect and be in a moment like this where you're getting to do big shows with Ring of Honor here in Toronto right now?
4: You know, it's, uh, it, it, it's good. It makes you feel like the uh, the uh, the work you put in, you know, actually mean something you know especially in a day and age where everybody wants everything handed to them you know it's good to prove that you know with good uh, hard work having a good passion and a good drive and not just complaining that things aren't happening to you actually doing something for yourself it actually works yeah you know it's, it's there's proof in the pudding so to speak absolutely you know
2: and, and how is the ring of honor roster right now you know this is a bit of a rebuilding period you're getting to work with a lot of people that i don't think you've had a chance to work with what do you think right now of what the roster that ring of Honor honors built up
4: yeah i mean i think you know professionally speaking just for myself alone uh, having the opportunity to uh, work with guys that I might not have been able to work with a whole lot before. Uh, you know, Mark Haskins I'd work with once or twice, and you know, Mark's a great guy, great talent. Uh, guys like uh, Hot Sauce yeah. uh, never, I don't even think I'd ever even really been on any shows with them before, you know. It's just the way wrestling is. Uh, you know, guys like him, even guys like PJ, like I said, you know, was, all these guys are talented. There's a reason that they're here. So it's, it's a good mix-up uh, for the locker room. All the guys are I think they're all, like, good dudes or good human beings, so everybody in the locker room is gelling pretty well, and it's actually pretty, uh, pretty cohesive for uh, there being so much influx of new talent, and it's, it's good. You know, I think it's good for the business, too. It's a lot of new matchup possibilities for fans to see yeah. that they might have never seen before, so I think it's good.
2: Well, you, uh, you did something pretty cool, I thought, recently with Jonathan Gresham. You guys brought back the pure wrestling match. Uh, now, of course, you know, Gresham – didn't really seem to play by the rules
4: there. Yeah, yeah, you know, it's kind of interesting for a guy that was, you know, so upset for the the way that I do things are the way, more importantly, that I win. Uh, maybe he, he had a problem with, but at the end, I, it looked like he realized he couldn't beat me, and he had to kind of, you know, I, I mean, I'm not going to complain about it, but he kind of gave me a dose of my own medicine, and, you know, I'm okay with that. I'm okay that that's what he had to do to win, but he just needs to be able to admit that's what he had to do to win.
2: Yeah, you know, that's the thing is you didn't have to go to those lengths. You are a pure wrestler, right? Like, that's you. You're the last real man. You cannot wrestle anybody. I mean, you got a taste of it there. The pure championship was a thing in Ring of Honor for a while. Is that something you'd like to see brought back?
4: Absolutely. You know, I think that's one of the, uh, one of the titles or one of the different match stipulations or match types that, uh, you know, help Ring of Honor separate itself from every other wrestling company. Because, I mean, let's be honest, there's so much wrestling on nowadays. So to have something like the pure title that's so much different than what everybody else is doing, I think it's a, I think it's a really cool idea and, uh, you know, for me, it was it was it was cool to do that because for a long part of my career, that was more the type of wrestler I was, you yeah. know, and it's, you know, uh, but with wrestling, you know, time time changes, you evolve, you change a little bit, you figure out what works for you. And, uh, you know, it's it's good to be able to, you know, prove to the fans that I'm not just all talk and I can back it up, too. So,
2: yeah, well, uh, I know that you are training
4: constantly. I know that because you have a wrestling ring in your backyard now. Is that correct? I do have a wrestling ring in my backyard. I got. I uh, Couple guys that are coming over a couple times a week and trying to train them and polish them up and get them better. You know, they're all guys that are you know currently wrestling, but that just you know can use some help to be better. So yeah, yeah it's cool.
2: How was uh how, how was that decision to to purchase and put up a <laughs> ring in your backyard? How'd uh, that how that fare with? I know your wife is of someone of the business as well, but like how how did that decision – How did the neighbors take
4: to you having <laughs> a wrestling ring in your backyard? So n- none of the neighbors have said anything, but I've actually had a couple of them just kind of come randomly, come walking over and like just walk up into the yard and just start watching. And like a couple of the trainees, I kind of looked at, I was like, oh, they're just my neighbors. If they want to watch whatever they can watch, you know? So yeah, no, it's cool. Um, I've always wanted to buy a wrestling ring. I think every guy that's been wrestling for a while, after a while you want to get a ring. So uh, yeah, I, I was just started looking for one and a good opportunity came up for a really good price and I uh, bought the ring, and, you know, I, I'm running my own shows as well, MKE Wrestling right. up in Milwaukee. Uh, next show is on the 23rd of this month. Uh, but, yeah, so I, I bought it, you know, with the idea of not having to pay for a ring rental for the shows. And then I thought, well, it's the summer. I got a big backyard. I'm going to just set that boy up in my ring. Here, set it up right in the yard, you know. So, yeah, yeah it's up It's up all the time, man. You, you, taught, you said you set this boy up in your backyard. Now
2: I know your boy, your son, he's been in the ring, right? He's mixing it up. Like, uh, what's it like getting to, to teach your son uh, the – beginnings of pro wrestling at such a young age just in the safety of your backyard
4: yeah i know it's kind of weird the funny thing is he always tells me yeah i don't want to be a wrestler when i get older though dad but he show he that kid's out in the <laughs> ring more than i am yeah. And, yeah and he's he like uh at the beginning we always do like uh like rolls and like a couple little different bumps to like get guys warmed up and stuff like that and uh, he always gets in the ring and does the rolls and a couple of the bumps with him. And I always tell him, like, yeah maybe not the bumps, dude. Your body's a little young for that. Yeah, you but, know what? I haven't been yeah, there. He's, yeah, like, yeah. what, 10, 11, 12, 11, something like that? He'll be 11 in, in December. But, yeah, he'll do the rolls and stuff like that a little bit. So, and, and he watch And he watches it all the time. So I think he – I think it's in his blood a little bit, you know. I think that's just how wrestling is. But I don't know. According to him, he's not going to be a wrestler.
2: So. I somehow doubt that. I've, I have a feeling he's got the book. Yeah, I think so too. Does he have a wrestling name, or is he like he's like he doesn't want to be a wrestler, so he wouldn't have a wrestling oh, yeah.
4: name? He's got he's got some really lame names for wrestling uh, characters, like. Uh, the one that I always make fun of him for is he had one guy named Good Night, <laughs> and I was like, "What the hell is Good Night?" And it, he just—I ah, was just really funny. It was some pretty lame stuff. Like his finisher was a sleeper, which I mean, I'll give him that—it's pretty good thinking. But yeah. Piper put Hogan down with that thing, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm not saying the sleeper isn't effective, but I mean the name Good Night's pretty terrible. So, well, I don't, I
0: don't, you know, I don't know, man. <laughs> I do
2: think it's
4: really good that you're straightforward
2: your son. You're like, these are bad ideas. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that was
4: pretty funny. So yeah, no, it's good. It's good. He's he likes it, but uh, he's fine. He always, always tells me, but I don't want to be a wrestler. Well, yeah. last,
2: last question about your ring: Are You gonna do backyard wrestling in Milwaukee? Are you gonna bring the, the neighbors <laughs> yeah. around? Are you gonna be selling lemonade at the at the old
4: stand? I mean, if I could find a way to make money, I probably would do it, but <laughs> you know, most likely not. Okay. Yeah. All
2: right. Well, you brought up uh, MKE, your wrestling promotion. I gotta ask you because, like, you know, there was like, there was like some big news a couple months ago coming out of MKE that there was like allegedly some giant pro-wrestling superstar that appeared underneath the mask at MKE. Uh, do you want to comment on what people thought was CM Punk's return to
4: pro-wrestling at your promotion a couple months ago? Well, so, all right, so that building that we ran at was uh, the Knights of Columbus building. That building, it had, had wrestling at it for, I don't know, 25, maybe 30 years uh, and I, I believe that's where Punk had its very first match at Okay. and uh, I had booked um since there had been wrestling there forever in the building. That was the very last uh, show they were ever gonna have at that building because it got bought by some preservative company was getting torn down. Uh, so I had booked um Ace Steel for the show just because I'd known Ace had worked there a bunch and I wanted to like bring back guys that had worked there over the years and Ace is excellent. so you know all sure. all those things together, why not right? Yeah. So I you know I booked Ace and then uh um i had booked a couple of the other old-time guys that had come up through there and and dave Prazak. Uh, we booked dave praizak too and you know dave praizak and uh um ace are you know they're really good friends with punk so uh I, I mean i'll be honest with you i never saw punk in the building like i mean like i didn't see the purse like i didn't see punk without the mask on but sure. i got told like 10 minutes before my wife uh was also part of that match uh she um she came up to me and she's like hey punk's going to do a running in this match and i was like what and he's like yeah he's going to do a running and do you know i think he gave uh, Derek St. Holmes a go to sleep yeah. and i was like oh really and i was like oh well what you know whatever you guys want to do and uh so it it happened but like he never came back never had the mask off so i mean i can't really say 100% that it was him but sure. i mean i don't know why they would lie to me either sure. about it you know so i mean i tend to think it was you know so. i
2: think it i mean i think it was i mean
4: i don't that, that's what i'm saying is i just don't see why you know what I mean? Like every no one else in the locker room knew about it. I mean she of course my wife's part of the match, so she knows and she's gonna come tell me but like I didn't even know about it, man. Like yeah. you know, but still who cares? It's a cool thing. So yeah, that, that was interesting. Man. Created
2: a lot of buzz for you guys. Yeah,
4: yeah, yeah. It was very good. It's very good.
2: Um yeah, man. Well, I mean, everything's going great for you right now, man. I'm really happy to see everything go and you know, oh, you brought up Derek St. Holmes. That was my follow up question. Sorry. I don't have my list of questions yeah, in front yeah, of me. Yeah, yeah. So I get a little brain fudgy there. But yeah, St. Holmes, talk to me about Saint Holmes real fast. He's a guy kinda like you where I feel like you know, he's he's really done so much for so many people on the independence. He's a great wealth of knowledge. I mean, could you see him winding up in a place like Ring of Honor here?
4: I mean, I think Derek, you know, could end up kind of anywhere because he's a guy that could, you know, really help, uh, you know, in for any company, to be honest with you. He's yeah. got, he, like you said, he has a wealth of knowledge. He's a, a guy from the area that, uh, you know, I think almost every guy, like, that came up from, like, my time or after that probably had their first match with Derek St. Holmes, you know, he's – He's a guy that, you know, everybody respects. He's really good. And, you know, I think Derek's, like, almost 50, and he's, he looks like the best he's ever looked in his career. And, you know, the guy's a machine. So, yeah. Yeah, I think he's got a lot to offer anywhere. Yeah. Absolutely. 100%.
2: I've certainly choked him on the second rope. Right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, Silas, I want to thank you so much for the time. I'm really looking forward to seeing you tonight in the ring with PJ Black. Anything else you want to
4: plug, put over here before we wrap up the interview? Yeah, absolutely. You can give me a follow on Twitter at LastRealManROH. Or you can find uh, some merchandise at pro wrestling Tees.com backslash silas young or roh merchandise. Thank you very much,
2: Justin, for talking the news of the day at the top of the show with me. Thank you to Titus O'Neill, Dalton Castle, Silas Young, Ring of Honor in general. And thank you all very much for tuning in. This has been a whirlwind couple weeks for me. Uh, again, I'm going off to take a much needed little break here for a couple days. But I will be back on Monday. Uh, I know that I promoted yesterday. Mark Henry was going to be on the show. Um, I got the Titus interview. I did it yesterday afternoon. And Raj and I listened to it back. We said, we got to get this out right now. There was too much good stuff said here. So Mark Henry will be a part of the Tuesday episode uh, with uh, more great guests. I have like 12 interviews still in the can that are unreleased. I apologize. To some of them that have been sitting there for, for a couple weeks now but there's some good stuff in there and uh, i promise you we're gonna have a great time next week here on the winkley uh justin anything you want to plug promote, put over here before we wrap it up
3: leave us a comment on the itunes or wherever you can always appreciate it hit the follow button at justin the
2: yes i uh, always tweet us we love your tweets we love your five star ratings we love your comments we love you guys thank you so much i am at wink rebel over on twitter thanks again so much for listening and remember if you winked you didn't miss it